0: the division or the controversy that will result from that. How many times have we found ourselves in a situation where doing what we feel is right or speaking out would involve a a personal cost? Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 431. Our title this week is The Personal Cost of Causing Division, and our reading is it's from the Gospel of Luke, Luke 12, 49-56. I have come to bring fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo, and what constraint I am under till it is completed. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other, three against two, two against three. They will be divided, father against son, and son against father father mother against daughter daughter against mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law he said to the crowd when you see the a cloud rising in the west immediately you say it's going to rain and it does and when the south wind blows you say it's going to be hot and it is hypocrites you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky how is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time so the context of this week's reading is is Jesus looking ahead to his arrival at Jerusalem and the demonstration or the protest that he will engage in there. He'll flip the tables of the money changers and that protest will cause an uproar and he'll he'll receive pushback that might cost him his life at this stage. And, And there's a word about the language that Luke uses here. The metaphorical imagery of Jesus as a fire starter, it held different meanings and different versions of the Jesus Story in the Gospel of Thomas, for example, uh, there the fire is something that Jesus kindles and guards till it blazes, and this makes fire a, a good thing that symbolizes the growing uh, Jesus movement itself, like like sparking a fire and it, it it continuing on. In Luke, however, this this rhetoric it conjures a more dangerous connotation. It's social and political conflict, and, and these are the connotations that I want. Want to emphasize this week. Jesus' internal conflict was not with his own Jewishness or with his own Jewish tradition. He struggled with the economic, political, and social harm that he saw being committed against those his society had made vulnerable and, and with what he felt he had to do in response. And the language of baptism or, or, or immersion here is, is also a metaphor for the, for the concrete hard hardship or distress that Jesus' protest and speaking out could possibly cause. He was about to be immersed in in something that he felt um um anxiety or tension over. In this passage, we're we're reading of a, of Jesus who is in distress on one level, um yeah, but 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 also there's a resolution there. He's embracing the reality that that he will cause division and 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 the personal cost too that that will involve, and he he doesn't wish to avoid it, but rather he wishes it that that, that it was already over, that it was behind him. And it's also noteworthy that the divisiveness that Jesus is talking about will thoroughly permeate his society's social structures all the way to the family unit. The family unit in first century Judea and Galilee, that was the central economic and social structure of Jesus' society. You have parents turning against children, siblings turning against each other, children turning against parents. Um, Our reading this week, it calls to mind... When we've also had to make decisions about speaking out against things that we feel are unjust or harmful and, and facing the division or the controversy that will result from that. How many times have we found ourselves in a situation where doing what we feel is right or speaking out would involve a, a personal cost? Um, I think of whistleblowers who, who have had to make these kinds of difficult decisions. I think too of of social truth tellers in religious and non-religious contexts who who suffer personally because they choose to speak truth rather than silently going along with things that they know were harmful. And and I don't quote Leo Tolstoy very very often anymore, but this week's reading it reminds me of a statement from Tolstoy that I still love. And this is from uh his book The Kingdom of God is Within You. It's towards the end of the book. It's page in the combi that I have, it's said page 263 through 264. He writes, And therefore, you cannot but reflect on your position as a landowner, manufacturer, judge, emperor, president, minister, priest, and soldier, which is bound up with violence, deception, and murder, and recognize its unlawfulness. I do not say that if you are a landowner, you are bound to give up your lands immediately to the poor. If a capitalist or a manufacturer your money to your work people, or that if you are a czar, a minister, official, judge, or general you are bound to renounce immediately the advantages of your position or if a soldier on whom all the systems of violence is based to refuse immediately to obey in spite of all the dangers of insubordination. if you do so, you will be doing the best thing possible, but it may happen, and it is most likely that you will not have the strength to do so. You have relations, a family, subordinates, and superiors. You're under an influence so powerful that you cannot shake it off, but you can always recognize the truth and refuse to tell a lie about it. You need not declare that you are remaining a landowner, manufacturer, merchant, artist, or writer because it is useful to mankind. That you're a governor, prosecutor, or czar, not because it's agreeable to you, uh, but because you're used to it. But for the public, but for the public good, uh, that you continue to be a soldier, not from fear of punishment, but because you consider the army necessary to society. You can also avoid lying in this way to yourself and to others, and you ought to do so because the one aim of your life ought to be to purify yourself from falsehood and to confess the truth. And you need to only do that. And your situation will change directly of itself. So in this week's reading... Jesus is standing in a similar position here. Jesus stands within his own Jewish prophetic tradition where the prophets speak out against the unjust actions of of the centered rich and the powerful, harming the, the poor and the marginalized in their communities. And how many times again have we been told not to be divisive in our time, not to cause division? Remember, there is a time to push for unity. There's nothing wrong with that. There's also a time, though, when division also is wholly just and good. The Hebrew Scriptures remind us in in the Book of Ecclesiastes three one through eight. There's a time for everything, a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. So yes, there is a time for unity But there's also a time for division. And my burden this week is that each of us will have the wisdom to discern the difference, that we'll have the wisdom to recognize where calls for silence are coming from, what the social location that those calls for silence are coming from. Is it the privileged who are are warning us not to rock the boat? Will division on the other side be harmful to those that we're trying to help? Or, or, Or is the division simply threatening those who are benefiting from an unjust system. And, and one last word about Luke's Jesus this week. In this week's passage, Jesus is engaging in resistance and speaking out. He's not promoting passive endurance of injustice. He's also not choosing to die, as feminist and womanist theologians have explained. Um, if that's a new idea for you, I want to recommend uh, uh Christianity patriarchy and abuse a feminist critique by Brown and Bond, and uh, sisters in the wilderness the challenge of womanist god talk by by Williams and and uh, a recent book that I read Proverbs of ashes violence redemptive suffering and the search for what saves us by Parker and Brock Jesus here instead he's choosing to hold on to a life-giving ethic even when threatened with an unjust execution for speaking out. He's, he's answering not whether he's willing to die, but how badly does he want to live and to hold on to those things that are life-giving. And for me, these are not semantics. The difference informs how I myself respond to injustice and abuse. And I desire for us this week to have wisdom, uh, uh, to, to have courage in addition to that wisdom too, um, to have courage in these kinds of moments, courage to to bear the, the personal costs that we will suffer when we're called to instigate division for the sake of what is right. Our reading, it concludes with clouds on the horizon of a coming storm. Uh, and this could reflect Luke and possibly Matthew's belief in in a coming end of the world scenario, like we read in Matthew 16, two through three. Or it could also just indicate that Jesus saw the injustice of his society, that that injustice was not sustainable and that eventually societies that benefit a few by harming the masses, they will break down. And when they do break down, it harms all of us. And in the end, it's harm reduction harm mitigation that is moving Jesus to speak out. It's the reality of this harm to everyone that outweighs the personal cost that he'll suffer for speaking out. And so that makes me ask, what can this week's story say to us when we too are are called to to, to speak out? Heart group application this week. Share something that spoke to you from this week's e-site or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, share an experience in your life where you were faced with a with similar decisions as we see in this week's reading and and how did things turn out and discuss that with your group and then number three what can you do this week big or small to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe compassionate just home for everyone thanks for checking in with us today right where you are keep living in love choosing compassion taking action and working toward justice i love each one of you dearly